Hi, welcome to TV Talk, episode four. Uh, we're here from the Workprint talking about Umbrella Academy. Uh, with me is Jen. Hi, Christian. Hi, Jen. How's it going? Good. I'm excited to be here. Likewise, likewise. All right. So I guess let's just get started. <laughs> Umbrella Academy. Uh, oh, boy. What are your thoughts about like this season overall? Oh gosh, that's such a that's such a big loaded question. Um, uh, I thought that as a whole, Umbrella Academy was entertaining. I blew through the series pretty quickly, um, quicker than I have a lot of other Netflix shows of late. Outside of One Day at a Time, may it rest in peace and come back from the grave and to haunt <laughs> Netflix. But um, yeah, I I've had a difficult time binge watching. TV of late and Umbrella Academy I went through is it 10 episodes 8 episodes oh it's about 10 episodes yeah 10 episodes I thought it was 10 um I went through them over the course of I think a weekend which is pretty quick for me so yeah it's really super quick so I think that that speaks volumes to the show um there I think that it's it's uneven that would be the way that I would describe it. It's entertaining. There's a lot of really good pieces. Some of the characters are phenomenal. Klaus. Um, Klaus. <laughs> but then there are some real, 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 real low points, too. I totally agree with you on that. Because, like, um, I, I love the series for, like, the first five episodes. And then somewhere towards, like, the midpoint, it got very kind of, like, what is, what is going on type scenario with like all the meandering like plot threads and the whatnot so yeah <laughs> yeah i mean watching that first episode and then that um dance sequence at the end of the first episode with tiffany and having all of the characters dancing in their own way the very wes anderson feel to it i was like oh this show is going to be great i am excited to watch this show it's got its own cool flavor um, it has a good sense of who these characters are. And then, like you said, somewhere around, I think it probably hit even a little sooner than that for me, where it was like, all right, it's trying a little too hard to get off on withholding mm -hmm. that all of these mysteries that, that are unresolved throughout are becoming frustrating. And I, I'm just not caring as much anymore. Oh yeah, no, totally. Um, it's it's strange because uh, I I read the the comics. Uh, I'm a big Gerard Way fan, so like that kind of compelled me to like check it out. And I thought it would be a little bit less than what it actually was. So I was actually pretty impressed in the sense that they added a lot more depth to it. But overall, I was always kind of confused as to how this like became a a series because. For one, there just isn't a lot of material there, and pretty much by the end of this first season, mostly I think all the story arcs from the comics are actually just about used up, uh, with the exception of the new volume that they're producing right now. Uh, and on top of that, like, it just it just travels a lot. There, there's a lot going on for each character, which normally I love, but uh, the way that they executed it was just all over the place, you know? But at the same time, I feel like they took so long with answering some questions and then didn't go into the depth that I wanted for each of the characters that the main story itself blew by 
super quick, especially in the last like two or three episodes. It was just <laughs> you snap your finger and and it's the end, and it's like whoa, what just happened? But with the characters, which really I think for the Umbrella Academy, those were the the selling features because the story on its own, the story is just really kind of mediocre, right? Like. Yeah. Absolutely. The world is ending, and you're superheroes. Okay, yeah. all right. Let's. How are we going to get there? Why is Why is this apocalypse story different than any of the other ones? You know, and especially you know compared to um, other comic book period, uh, comic book story adventures like X Men. Why is this one different? And I would say it's the characters, right? Like, because these characters do have their own unique skill sets and personalities. And I just don't think the Umbrella Academy quite got there with honing in that on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, uh, it's so strange because when you mentioned X-Men, the first thing I thought of uh, was the Dark Phoenix saga. Because uh, when I read the first trade back, I think mid, I think roughly the first three or four episodes incorporate a lot of the first and second issue of the comic. But then the rest of it was, of the comic, was like basically kind of a big Dark Phoenix ripoff, which was very much Vanya's storyline for right. for season one. And uh, it's funny because just like in the comics, I was not the biggest fan of it because A, I've seen it done better in something else, and then B, um, she just wasn't super compelling to me as a character in the comic. I will say, though, that the, the TV show did a much better job adapting her, but I wonder how much of that was just Ellen Page being Ellen Page and me yeah. being a fan of hers. Yeah, I mean, same here. I, I, I think I have a really hard time with being um, objective when it comes to Ellen Page because I love her so much. And I know that, like, she's probably not the best actress. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, like, I do think that she appropriately fits this role my biggest criticism is that i felt like through much of the series she was this very stunted character and they were trying so hard to either script wise or from the director's point of view or whatever trying to hold her back Mm -hmm. and not give any hint because they wanted this twist they wanted this huge twist for people when she became the white violin, they they wanted that to really hit home, but they missed all the points leading up to it. And it just, it fell flat in its own way because of it. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, it's funny, because a lot of the comic has that same issue, where uh, they they don't really brush on the white violin stuff. Like, the big the big payoff for the, the whole, that first trade back arc is like, oh, she's... She's the big bad. She's the the cause of all this. She's this again, Dark Phoenix kind of ripoff thing, uh, and she's the one that we have to stop. It's like, oh no, family and such. But um, just like in the TV show, there really, there really wasn't much going on. And um, I think her her boyfriend in the show was actually an adaptation. Like they added him to add more depth to that character. But I I could kind of see it. Um, and there were moments where I was totally rooting for her, but for the most part, it, it still felt like a very weak story arc to me. Uh, personally, I loved uh, number five storyline, the time travel, like a mm-hmm. lot more, um, which was also featured in the comics in the second trade, I believe. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think with Vanya and Leonard, they, I didn't buy the romance, and I think instead of 
I mean, I think they could play up the romance because with Vanya's character, it seems like she is somebody who is just so desperate for anyone to pay her any kind of attention that she would have, of course, immediately fell in love with Leonard, right? Absolutely, this this, yeah. this kind of quirky dude who um, seemed to want to pay attention to her. But I just, I still, I just don't buy a lot of it and I don't buy a lot of her relationship with the family members. Yeah. And I think that it's because they try so, again, this goes back to like the kind of we're keeping secrets so that we can really surprise you later when we yeah. reveal them. <laughs> totally. And so in doing so, they keep a lot of the, the Hargrave siblings apart. And, and, and that's, that's really a shame because that's where they shine. Like I really wanted to see, since we're talking about Vanya in particular, but I really wanted to see Vanya with Klaus more because I think that, oh, yeah. I think that the two of them, given how they were both treated by Reginald, they could have really had more of a bond. And so and when they put Vanya in that chamber at the end, I really wanted to see more from, from Klaus there yeah, totally. because he understood that. Like as a kid, he understood that feeling and they didn't let him get to that point. And so there's a lot of like really good emotional moments that could have been great hooks for the show that they didn't capitalize on. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, in in the comics, I think they had like a really strong like bond too. And in the first Klaus and Vanya? Yeah, yeah. And in okay. the uh, in the f- I think in the first uh, episode, like towards the end of it and the beginning of the second episode, like she uh, he he crashed at her place, right? Like it yeah. was very much like uh, or, hey. no, five did five did. Was it five? Yeah, it was five. Oh, who crashed you're right, her place. right. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm trying to remember. I know Klaus and Vanya had a relationship too, but I can't figure remember what extent it was in the comic. But all right, that's my mistake. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. I mean, because I think that Klaus and Vanya do have something that they could bond over, and I wanted to see her connect with someone. You know, absolutely. And well, so for her to connect to the drug addict, like she would still be disconnected from the family. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. And it's funny because there there is something in common which. Uh, like the comics kind of reveals but they very much brush over in the show and i'm not sure why because again like they adapted literally everything they had in the comics so everything's pretty much spent so spoil this whole thing is spoilers for anyone who's listening um whoops <laughs> i mean all, all the tv talk episodes are basically spoilers uh yeah uh, number four uh it's klaus right yeah Kla- klaus's yes. abilities uh in the in the comic are a lot more unpredictable and um, one of the biggest changes from the TV show to the comic book is uh, towards the end of it, yeah, Vanya becomes very unstoppable. Uh, she causes what could have been the end of the world, but they unveil that Klaus has this ridiculous superpower that also kind of ends up, like, saving the day, stopping what's basically the apocalypse, and, like, the entire story kind of reboots or resets by the second trade. Um, but because of his abilities... He was also kind of put in a weird corner with uh, his father, uh, Reginald uh, Hargreaves. Uh, and it's strange because even though he had that capability, they were much more forcing Vanya into the corner rather than him. 
which I never really understood, but it did give, like, this whole kind of ostracized, they're sort of the oddball out. Well, a big reason for that is because they were, the, like, the most uncontrollable and the ones with the most potential, which is very strange to me, like, the way that they kind of went around about that. That is... That is unfortunate that they didn't they didn't play into that because like i said the the sibling relationships are definitely their strength but i don't think that um i feel like i'm i'm just being negative nancy here with talking about this show (laughs) but i think it's obviously i liked it i enjoyed it i spent a weekend watching it and i was really excited to talk about it on this podcast but i think what bums me out is that the the missed potential for this show yeah because I don't think that they know how to write male and female relationships without making them romantic. And so they, they don't. I'm sure that if they had put Klaus and Vanya together more, there would have been something that that would have come across as romantic. And it just it didn't work because I can't think of an instance where there's a male and a female interacting in this show where it doesn't come across as as romantic because Allison number 3 doesn't interact with anybody outside of Luther, which is honestly a shame. Yeah. Um, Hazel and Cha-Cha have kind of a, like, did they? They seem like they did. I think they were um, partners, because the ha- I gotta talk about the Hazel storyline at some point, but that that was one of my favorites from the, the series. Anyway, continue. Agreed. Um, but there were, there were definitely moments where the two of them were together, and... Um, it seemed like it might have been something that was romantic in its own way. Um, and then, of course, Vanya only interacting with with Leonard. Um, it doesn't... And, and then, of course, Diego and his fridged girlfriend. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, it's... Um, um, I, I would have liked to have seen more from the, the sibling relationships. Because when they, when they had them together... They were really, really good. And those are the bonds that are phenomenal. You know, like when you pair Klaus and Ben together or um, you, you could do even Vanya and Five or yeah. Diego and Luther and their, you know, antagonistic relationship. There's a lot of really good bickering and banter between the siblings that just... I don't know. I don't know why TV shows don't want to prop up sibling relationships in the same way that they do romance. Well, I will say that that the uh, the writing, because you know, again, Gerard Way, uh, it never really featured that prominent of like a female character. And I think originally all the characters also white, so like a lot of what you see are like adapted to be more modern and contemporary. But like, obviously, the romance thing is very much an issue, as you mentioned. Like, it's just every everyone. Everyone was a potential, like, love partner, it seems. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I am glad that they uh, made the show more diverse instead of being... Because I, I think I think when I glanced at it, the, uh, the, the graphic novel, because I walked through Barnes & Noble looking for it not too long ago, and they were all the characters were white, yeah. So I am glad that they... decided to change that for the netflix series oh absolutely uh all right so we've talked a lot about klaus i have a question what did you think about the vietnam side plot um i thought it was amazing and i don't think that they gave it the time that it deserved it was very short but like i guess they were trying to do like an up thing where they, they just did like a quick hey this is love i guess but yeah 
I so I I guess my thing is that is they did that and it was really good and it was powerful and it was such a good learning experience. I hate even describing it like that because it makes light of the things that Klaus as a character went through. But it was such a great experience for Klaus. But then when he got back, it didn't seem like anybody really gave a shit. Like it didn't (laughs) like it didn't change any of his interactions with anyone in the family. They all looked at him as this fuck up. And so when it's and that's part of like the secret thing that I think upsets me. Like how long did it take five to tell everybody that the world was ending? Too many episodes it took five to come out with the truth. Like, no, you have eight days, dude. You don't wait three of them to tell everyone the truth. No. So, you know, Klaus not being able to reveal that information to any of the siblings. And, like, even if he did with uh, Diego, which he kind of did, to then have Diego still treat him like a fuck-up. And then to still give him, oh, your lookout, go outside and eat a hot dog during the final battle. Yeah, it was, it was insulting, and I think that he deserved better. Absolutely, but again, like it's it's the weird thing about TV is like, especially with time travel stories, because it gets really really messy. Uh, it's like, oh, okay, he went through all this, but it was only like a day. So like to the, everybody else, nothing really changed. But to Klaus, everything changed, and like a lot of a lot of what he was going through, the PTSD, uh, the the whole like I know what it's like to care about a person beyond myself was very much kind of like a a way to hit the fast forward button on his like recovery. I feel like because I feel like his his story was like the addiction storyline. It's like how do you get over that? Well, time, which they kind of conveniently took care of with the time travel little bit. Uh, but then also like all right, well you have to have like stakes involved. You have to have the end of the world and having you to be sober to talk to your dead father so that you can get some message in the past. It's very messy, but like it just seemed convenient like a lot a lot of the show was just convenient yes for sure but like and where like the the changes that you're mentioning for him as a character they didn't really show those as much either so like when vanya is put into that cell new klaus should have like spoken up a little bit more or new klaus should have you know stood up for himself a little bit more now that he was sober you know like i feel like with the things that he went through he would have at least been at least 25 percent more vocal and And they didn't give him that. They just kind of just reverted back to him being the butt of the joke. And I I just, I didn't, I didn't like that because I thought his story was the best story. It had the best potential and it was just kind of pushed to the side. Yeah, I I think probably next season they'll touch on it more because I think unanimously Klaus was like this, one of the stronger uh, aspects of the show. It seems like him and and Five were like the, the breakout stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, alright, so, what were your thoughts on Luther and Allison? Uh, it's terrible and should be burned to the ground. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. It's a distraction from the show. Yeah. I don't get it. They are in their own little world. Um, not even just the fact that they're siblings, which, gross, but okay, Adopted. I watch Game of Thrones. It's, yeah. I watch Game of Thrones, <laughs> I can push past some things. But Fair enough. There wasn't even, like, the chemistry there. I didn't understand why the two of them... Um, you didn't like them dancing in the moonlight? I, I, I didn't. It actually made me a little uncomfortable, I'm not gonna lie. To be honest, um, I was ready to, to also just be like, I'm done, and then the, that ended, the episode reset, and it was like, oh, okay. But still. See, but that, that actually, that episode resetting made me more angry, because I wanted them to face repercussions for that. I wanted them... Uh, I wanted them to face those feelings and be like... No, 
we need to let this go and instead now it's still this like lingering emotion thing that like they don't talk about and <laughs> blah 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 and I think that I think that what bums me out the most about it is that's Allison's entire storyline that we really get yeah. to see it's her relationship with Luther and we know that there's a daughter and an ex-husband and she's struggling for custody and all of this other stuff but we don't really get to see a lot of it we get to see her interactions with luther because of it and i think that's really frustrating because her powers are cool right yeah, absolutely but we get to see them once <laughs> and then she loses them so it's like Okay, we waited seven episodes to see them out. Now they're gone. You know what's funny is I think we actually see it more as a as her as a child using the uh, I heard a rumor thing than when she's an adult. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really weird. I just I want to see her be her own person and not just be reliant and follow whatever Luther says and does. And maybe that's just because I hate Luther the most. I can't <laughs> stand him. What's, and what's I think his with, costume design is horrible. What's wrong with uh, Space Monkey? <laughs> He's so bland. He's so <laughs> like I know the I know the right thing to do because I'm number one. Dad may be number one. I'm the best. I'm the leader. Uh, and I know that that's his character, and he stays true to that. But it's still infuriating because obviously. He's, he's screwed it up the whole time that he's had that. So, like, I don't have to like you because you screwed it up the whole time, you know? You don't feel and sorry for him, though? Because, like, his whole... He stayed. He was the one who stayed. And even his own father was like, no, go away. <laughs> no, I don't feel sorry for him because he made that choice. And um, so by opting to stay and not live his own life even though everyone else around him was going to live their own lives. He, I, I mean, I think that on, at, on, on, at some point, he has to take the blame for that, too. He's, he's not the victim here like he likes to think that he is. He's not, he's not the selfless hero. He was looking for glory. He just wanted people to back him up, and nobody was backing him up, so then, woe is me. Yeah, he just wanted Dad's love, which is... I don't know, I, I like that storyline, but I I'm definitely see where it's, like, flawed. And he kind of suffers the Captain America syndrome, except he's not as wholehearted or likable as Captain America, you know? It's like, oh yeah, you're yeah. the leader, and he's trying to fight for what's right, but it's like, no. It's kind of selfish, in a way. Um, yeah. It is, it is. It, like, I, I do see the, the Captain America comparison, but you're right, he doesn't have that same charisma, or almost boy scout persona like yeah. you can tell that that luther when he does things he's doing it for luther yeah especially because diego's there and he's always fighting to you know be the top for no reason really yeah it's not like you guys get like a a, a promotion yeah really you know there's no pay <laughs> bonus for you being number one <laughs> i i will say though that that monkey suit oh my god it's atrocious you i mean I, I wasn't sure how they were going to do it, honestly, because in, uh, in the comic, um, spo spoilers, uh, he's a giant gorilla. It's actually, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, 
he was like a somebody took a serum which made him part like ape like literally he pretty much died uh on a mission they cut off and preserved his head and attached it to a giant gorilla body <laughs> so like how how they were gonna do it Science for the show is weird yeah yeah i mean the the, sh- the the comic is ridiculous in that sense but how they were gonna adapt that for the show i had no idea and instead they went with this whole dr jekyll thing you know but uh, it i don't know it, it's it's strange um yeah <laughs> yeah um his i know that he's not like All of the characters make me uncomfortable in their own ways. Luther makes me the most uncomfortable. Just because just looking at him and his whole thing. And I know that that's the point, right? Like, that's why he wears the clothes that he wears. And he's always got gloves on and the turtleneck and whatever. Because he's uncomfortable in his own fur. And everyone else is uncomfortable looking at him except for Allison. Blah, 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 whatever. Um, But the, like, the design of it, the... Because I can appreciate, like, cool, weird costumes and stuff, but the yeah. design of it, and then the the actual, like, ape suit thing looked just poorly put together, which is crazy because, like, the rest of the production value for that show is phenomenal. The sets are oh, amazing. Yeah. All of the world building was, was really, really good. And then you've got Luther, and it just, it's like... <laughs> Y'all pulled him off another set, right? There's no way that he's connected to the rest of this. That's actually but how he naturally looks, and they just glued on some hair, like, on different areas. Of, oh, he's got skin. patches of skin around his neck that just look like they're just flapping? Basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we can, poor Tom Hooper. Yeah. Dickon has finally hit puberty, and it did not treat him well. That's what happens when you get burned alive by a dragon. I know. <laughs> um, all right, so... Let's talk about the last romance of the series. Uh, Hazel and Donut Lady? <laughs> Agnes? Agnes, yes, thank you. Um, I'll admit that was probably one of my favorite stories in the, in the series. Uh, mostly because it's a love I didn't expect to happen mm-hmm. or, like, see. Um, I guess my question is, is do you think it fit the series? Because I think this was... Uh, entirely created for the show so yeah um i do think that it fit the series i think it fit the series more than a lot more than any of the other romances for sure okay um because i think that a lot of the characters are kind of coming to terms with all right if this is the end of the world what am i gonna do right yeah and hazel's story his growth from his first episode to his last was probably after klaus probably the best and I loved his story. I thought he was a really great character. Um, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harp on this female character thing. But the fact that Agnes was really just a foil for him to grow is frustrating for me. Uh-huh. But um, I still thought that their romance was just adorable. They were so cute together. And I, I am so for, here for it. I think that that's the only romance that is acceptable. And Five and Dolores. But, um, <laughs> I mean, does that count? <laughs> uh, they were together for 30 years. You like, that's true. There's no way that things did not happen. <laughs> that poor, poor mannequin. I, I didn't even think about it in that way until you just mentioned it. Wow. And yeah, now I'm you're welcome. I've, I, I've ruined it for you. Yeah. 
Right. It was just kind of quirky weird, and now it's uh, perverted. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of five, uh, what were your thoughts on time travel? Because I think time travel was uh, a volume two story uh, that they kind of incorporated and expanded upon. Like, most of Cha-Cha and Hazel's storylines are actually non-existent. They were very minor characters that they really developed. But it all revolved mm-hmm. around the magic of, of time travel, which can kind of make or break a series um how do you think it was in in this show do you think they used it well or was it messy i think it was probably somewhere in the middle yeah um i thought that five's time travel was interesting to start off with i thought that that was pretty cool um i liked his stuff with um oh gosh what is the agency called the commission I think so. Uh, they're like time travel cops. It's okay. been a while, so <laughs> let's just call I, them time yeah. cops. Yeah. <laughs> I liked his story with them, um, but I also don't like using it as a uh, a Deus Ex Machina. Like, so like it, the one episode where it then changes everything, reverts back. What was that episode seven or eight or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like that. Uh, t- time travel is 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 one of those tough subjects, right? Like it, if you think about it too much, it'll break your brain. <laughs> and so, with Umbrella Academy, I I really just tried to give it the benefit of the doubt until it reached a point where it was like, okay, now it's changing major life altering stories here. Yeah. Just for the sake of fixing their problems. I don't like that. I think that's lazy storytelling. Absolutely. Um, I will say that it, it's confusing because a lot of the time travel elements, uh, it, it kind of encompassed, I want to say, like, the majority of the, the plot. Like, I, even though it's supposed to be Vanya's story about, like, the 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 most compelling, I think, parts and the, the parts that kind of caused the most conflict were related to time travel and the time traveling agents all to stop this event from happening, but it couldn't get stopped. And, you know, all the, the time travel logic of like, oh, but you're going to undo whatever. Um, it's, it's strange because I think for the show it works, but it works if you kind of isolate it. Like, uh, overall, it gets really, really messy when you incorporate everyone else's storylines. But for, like, Five Story alone, I think it makes sense. But then having Five, like, as part of, like, the team, having to resolve this major crisis, it gets messy. Yep, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I think that it should have been better handled, or at least had had more consequences. Absolutely. Um, and one of the reasons I mention it is because, uh, to segue into the finale, um, the that last episode, it just felt sort of a little excessive slash let's conveniently tie all the st- conflicting story arcs together for the sake of conflict. Because um, the agents were all there, and they had to stop them because they were trying to, I don't know, stop them from the world ending. It, it just, it just, it was just really messy. Um, what were your thoughts yep. on the ending? I thought it was really messy. I thought it was rushed. I thought, um, it, it tied all of the main story plots together, but still all of the character stuff was just left dangling. And, and I just, 
I don't know that I quite got the emotion from it that I should have. Probably because I was incredibly frustrated <laughs> with the stupidity of these heroes. Like, please tell me, Elaborate. just the way that they they were like, okay, here's our plan for going and getting Vanya. This is what we're gonna do. And then Luther, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna sneak up. Or Allison's like, no, I'm gonna talk to her. And so and they've been trying unsuccessfully, albeit they've been trying to build this relationship between Allison and Vanya throughout the series, and it has missed the mark on almost every occasion, but yeah. Allison tries. And instead, Luther, with his big dumb gorilla body, is like, no, 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 fuck it, we're gonna go kill her. And then <laughs> ruins it, and it's like, you moron! Yeah. What are you doing? I just... The the dumb decisions for the sake of a plot really frustrate me. Oh, especially. And I feel like it just got worse after, like, towards the mid-season, where people yeah. were just making more and more ridiculous decisions. Almost um, out of character decisions, just for absolutely. the sake of the plot. Yeah. Now, I forgot to mention him, but I will because he has an epic moment at this at that ending. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Ben? I love Ben. I think he's adorable. And we should protect him at all costs. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I think that I think that him and Klaus have the potential to be amazing. I wish that there was more for Ben, and I don't understand why we don't know why he died. They, they want to keep it a mystery, I guess. I don't care. Give me something. So when you try really hard to tell a story and you want to keep all these secrets, but when everything is a secret, I don't then become invested in your story. Like, you have to give me breadcrumbs to lead me to Grandma's house, you know? Absolutely. Uh, t in support of that, um, and this is something I actually talk about in my review, I think the reason that there's so many mysteries, personally, is because they don't actually have an answer. A lot of a lot of the material that was added to the season was for the sake of filling giant gaping plot holes. Um, Ben's storyline was one of the biggest ones because he's not even alive in the comic books. Like, his entire cre uh, character was created for the sake of being, like, a conscience to Klaus, but, like... He doesn't really do much, but he does do a lot at that final battle scene, which is why I had to mention it, because it was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that he adds some much-needed levity to the show. Absolutely. With his relationship with Klaus. Um, I just, I don't understand why you would keep his death a, a secret and, and 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 even if like they don't know these things from the source material either you go to the creators and say mm, what's the answer to this question so that we can at least sprinkle some details throughout so that when the payoff happens it feels satisfactory or you go nope actually we're making our own story based on this kind of like the 100 did yeah with the cw they based it in the trilogy of books and then just did their own thing and it ended up being a whole lot better for it. You do that. You know, you, you go, okay, this is the world that we're using as a starting block for the story that we're telling. And we're going to have similar characters and all of that, but we're going to make it our own. Yeah. and uh, Pick one. Don't sit in limbo and then make me have to guess at these character <gasps> things. Uh, it's totally, that's totally true because I feel like they're kind of just meandering because again everyone's kind of shooting around the issue which is like literally what happens next uh from what i hear i think gerard way had like an outline 
for like potentially the next because I think he wanted to make an eight volume series and right now they're finishing up volume three uh and he has like but it's been several years right since yes. they started that and that's why this entire thing infuriates me and I think I mentioned it in my review because like he he took like three to four year gaps between making each volume and the big reason was because he was you know my chemical romance uh and now that that's kind of over and done with he's jumping on the umbrella academy more and now that it's a very popular tv series um i think it was like one of the top watched tv series on netflix in this month uh but because of that like now he's trying to jump on oh okay i need to wrap the story up here's what's going to happen and from what i was hearing on rumors it doesn't seem like the showrunners really care. Like they're kind of trying to make it their own thing, but in the process, there's a lot left up in up in the air, you know. Yeah, I I think that look, have y'all learned nothing from Game of Thrones? Like <laughs> the exactly. biggest TV in the history of te- the biggest TV show in the history of television. Have you learned nothing? And what comes from having a source material that you are going to quickly outpace? And as you've said clearly. The Umbrella Academy has taken everything from the source material already and put it into their first season while also adding things. They're kind of at a loss for a season two. So <laughs> what do you do? You got it. You got to make that up. You can't sit around twiddling your thumbs waiting for them to write something because uh, we were promised Winds of Winter about six years ago <laughs> and uh, HBO had to just throw it out the damn window. Yeah. So pick a road oh it's totally true and it's funny because um by the end of it i was wondering all right how does this wrap and of course it literally wraps with a freaking reset and i'm like really really (laughs) yep also infuriating i have a gut feeling a lot of what we've seen we're gonna see again just like alternate versions of no really i mean what else could they could they do um spoiler alert for readers of the or watchers of the show who don't read the comics the next volume's about prisoners in like space i really doubt that they're gonna adapt that for the show so don't they have like weird like villains and stuff like they have to fight the eiffel tower or something at one point they do yeah um but like that's so like out there and extreme that it seemed like they were going from like a more grounded approach for the tv show but i really i really don't think that they can adapt that anymore because it's but again like there there are monkeys that can talk so what what do i know but uh yeah there's just there's just this gaping hole about what happens next do you have any theories besides Uh, i guess them just resetting and telling alternate versions of things that we've already seen because please god don't do that that would be terrible yes if you're listening to umbrella academy show producers please don't please don't do that uh (laughs) Let let the fan fiction writers handle that. Hi, I can totally do a spec script if you need. Now, uh, let I my my guess is my guess is they're going to go into a more traditional superhero route, especially because the guys know um, they're, they're they're everyone's friends again. Slash, they've all come together. So my my guess is they're gonna switch this season into like a, a more Avengers type of story. But that's just me doing a, like a crapshoot like guess of the type of thing. Um, mostly because there just there really isn't much left. It's like you can't do the Vanya story again because friends, uh, and you can't really do the time travel thing to the same extent you did before. So my guess is the only way to go around it is to just introduce villains of the week. 
don't know. Uh, so my fear, and uh, it's a pretty big fear because I think it's what's going to happen. I think that they're going to go. Did you ever read the series of books, The uh, Inheritance Cycle, the Aragon books? No, no. How's that? Uh, eh. um, and so my fear is that so the second book in that series is basically his Star Wars training montage. I'm afraid that season two of the Umbrella Academy is going to be the all right. We have to we have to train Vanya. And they're gonna oh. and they're gonna work on her through that, and then also work on getting Allison her powers back, or whatever happens there, um, using or utilizing Klaus's communication with the dead, as well as his relationship with Ben. I think that they are going to basically train with each other again as adults, and I think that's terrible. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I completely forgot about this, and it's something I think the show probably will explore. We never talk about the other births. Yeah. Is that a thing in the comics? I was going to ask you. Um, that's totally, like... I Is that all the other villains? No. To be honest, they just never talk about it again, and this is why I'm... Again, I love you, Gerard Way, but dude... No offense, your writing kind of sucks. Uh, um, they never really bring it up again. It's just like an umbrella birth thing. Um, we don't know the full detail about that. And there's this big theory that Hargreaves is actually a space alien. I'm pretty sure they're not going to do that for the show. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Didn't they hint at that at the end of the... F- or in the finale? Do they? Didn't they 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 basically they basically show that he's an alien. I thought they just meant he was very eccentric and weird, but I didn't no, necessarily because he, went with like there's a alien. there's a place getting destroyed. He takes the violin from his dying spouse or something. Hmm. Right. Maybe. I mean, I need to go back and rewatch it, but I'm pretty sure that's the sequence of events that happens. They pretty heavily implied that he was an alien. Oh, which See, is I how guess he I'd would have know to watch about. That. Uh, I'd know about the apocalypse. See, I'd have to watch it again, because, like, for a big... For me, I was just like, oh, this is just a weird eccentric character. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Hm. Oh, I mean, I, I thought that's how he knew that the apocalypse was coming, because the a similar apocalypse or something had happened on his planet or where he's from or something. I don't know. And he was preventing it. Interesting. In, on Earth. But whether or not he had a hand in the births of the superpower children, I have no idea. Yeah, no, same here. Uh, to be honest, at this point, I I just want to see, I just want to see how they prevent said apocalypse. Like that's kind of the last thread that I'm kind of confused and concerned with. But yeah. But so okay, so then why introduce so many children born that way if you're not going to utilize that? I have no idea. Again, a lot of this has to do with with Gerard Way and his his writing style, which was like very. Hey, this is cool. Let's add this. Let's show an epic fight with Abraham Lincoln's uh, Lincoln Monument fighting the children, which is like cool. I, I guess. <laughs> Weird. Okay. And that's that's very much the comic, which is why I was always surprised that this got adapted for a TV show. <laughs> well, I'm glad that they uh, they grounded it a little bit more. Absolutely. It's I love weird, but not that level of weird. It's it's pretty out there. I will say though that the the style for the show is in fan fantastic the the soundtracks are epic the fight sequences um yes yeah uh, diego especially gets really good fight sequences yes music selection is phenomenal 
it does get a little hammy in some places, but for the most part, I think it's pretty good. I, I love the cha-cha and hazel when they're burning the, uh, the, the eyes, uh, the, the artificial eyes while they're, like, uh, high on, on, uh, on Klaus's, like, secondary, I think, edibles. Yes. <laughs> that, that, like, it, there's just that, that Latin song going on in the background and they're just, they're just enjoying everything in life right now while doing their job and it's, it's just such a funny awesome scene for me personally hazel and cha-cha could have easily been really irritating um but i think that they did such a phenomenal job and i liked them uh, i didn't like the handler and i didn't really like the commission and those sequences so much um it invited more questions than answers oh, for me yeah but hazel and cha-cha were very well done yeah <laughs> Oh. Alright, so, um, final thoughts on the series, Jen. If you had to recommend it, or don't recommend it, or, like, overall, if you if you could just summarize what you think overall, like, was Umbrella Academy to you? I think that it's a... I think that it's a fun, entertaining series of misfit superheroes who have some really good moments and some really bad moments. Ultimately, I would recommend it to people just because I think that it is... I do think that it's fun. I think that at the end of the day, for all its shortcomings, it's it's a good time waster of it a is. TV show. And I, I will watch the second season. <laughs> so, unless they, like, really, really drop the ball there. But, no, I I, I would recommend it. Even if they drop the ball, they could just reset time anyway. <laughs> yeah, as long as they don't do something stupid like kill Ellen Page. I mean, they could and then reset time again anyway. Actually, uh, I think they did kill her in the... No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, they didn't. Uh, in the comic, I think she somewhat dies or so we believe, but she obviously comes back because, you know, comic books. Um, yeah, that's how they do, you know? Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, all right, so... For Umbrella Academy, to me, it was a show that I was surprised got adapted, um, but was very much sold just on style and uh, character relationships alone. But the the story, I I just really was not a big fan of. Um, but regardless of how messy the plot was, uh, I thought the acting and the interactions and the style just on between music cinematography action sequences alone made this an entertaining watch um but it's not something i would religiously follow yeah i i would second that all of what you said cool. yes <laughs> um all right well this has been tv talk episode four uh this is Christian from the Workprint. You can follow me on uh, X and Angelus on Instagram, XN underscore Angelus on Twitter, uh, and and Jen. Uh, Jen, where can people follow you? Uh, you can find me on the Workprint, or you can find me on Twitter at Jen Stayrook. Same for Instagram and all other social media places. All right, awesome. Uh, and that's pretty much a wrap. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>